um, again, thank you so much. I'm really excited to be a, um, to lead this webinar and in the moments moving forward, I, I do want to give a, a big thanks to David Sutherland, the executive director of AIA Atlanta and AIA Georgia for his support of um, developing of me developing this webinar and I want to give a big shout out to Lynn Robinson for being so graceful and so um, gracious about helping me to uh, implement this webinar so sit back and soon we shall begin so um, while I am waiting for Lynn um, in the next few minutes we should be beginning um, I just also want to share with you in terms of uh, this, you know, executive effective, ex executing effective media public relations campaign. This is really focused on helping uh, AIA chapters to advance in terms of their public relations uh, campaigns or media efforts. More so than really, it's as much. It's not as much really about companies. Although you may find some tidbits in there that can be helpful for you with those efforts. So again, um, our focus is you know, executing effective media public relations campaigns really focused on AIA chapters. So now I'm going to begin. So um, thank you again for joining me. Uh, and uh, as you can see on this um, the cover, you can see in terms of this beautiful view of the Atlanta Midtown skyline and I think of in terms of media uh, public relations campaigns that you know we're trying to express beauty and good things and interesting things and so this cover really I think expresses sort of my uh, my affinity for uh, sharing good stories so um, the four um, webinar objectives this is actually for uh, learning units as part of this uh, webinar. So I wanted to give you a little bit of uh, information about some of the objectives that um, will be achieved by being a part of this webinar. First, that uh, I'm going to explain to you about the benefits of effective public relations for your chapter. I mentioned you to you before about the fact this is really focused on elevating the chapter rather than your business. The next thing is that in terms of analyzing your local and state media landscape, I want to help you in terms of through the lens of how I see Atlanta, how perhaps you can look at your own chapter landscape in terms of its media and uh, apply some of those lessons. The next is also uh, in terms of identifying strategies for your chapter. I want to help you along in that path through my experience in Atlanta and finally, uh, to describe for you sort of the do's and don'ts for collaborating with the media. So in terms of, um, I became uh, the AIA Atlanta president really in October, as most of you are, you're elected in fall. And um, with the excitement of that position, you know, I had some, I had some goals in mind. And some of these quotes you will see actually from the Design Equilibrium, which is our beautiful tabletop publication that Atlanta publicizes or we issue, that these were some of my goals as AIA at president. So one of them, uh, you know, we held a fantastic 2015 AIA National Convention there. And I 
wanted as AIA Atlanta to work with a, uh, a big, large, but very productive and effective local steering committee to have a successful 2015 convention. So that was one of my goals, and that was supremely important for our chapter as well as our profession that, uh, you know, we put Atlanta and promoted our city and our organization with professionalism and, and with uh, excitement. Another goal as AIA Atlanta president was that I wanted to incorporate design advocacy into our programs and to our initiatives. So if you look at some of the images there, you'll see um, these were flyers from some of the initiatives that uh, I moved forward uh, in tandem with the staff and other great volunteers. A national design competition, we partnered with um, the Atlanta Beltline, as well as the office of, of the Mayor's Office of Cultural Affairs. Um, we held a political forum with three prospective um, mayoral candidates. That was 2015. We're actually going to hold one in 2017 in about a month called Vision for Atlanta 2017. But we had one that was focused on a political forum that was focused on design. And then to the right, you can see we had a partnership with Urban Land Institute for a fantastic forum emphasizing the word design. Good design is good business. So I wanted, again, to put an exclamation mark on the word design in terms of our programs and initiatives. The final thing that I wanted to do as president, and I felt really passionately about this, is that I could have all of these great ideas, but I think that I needed to be able to move them forward through the platform of the media. And to give you sort of a brief reason why I thought that public relations was really important was if you look on the left, you saw the National Pavilion Design Competition. I actually had the pleasure, you know, during the months before I actually became president, I met with the Atlanta Beltline Design Director and I met with the local politician. And they were, you know, told them about my goals in terms of partnering with them or doing something with the city. And I was asked politely, you know, what does AIA Atlanta stand for? And um, I was, not in terms of the acronyms, but what is the mission and the goals? And did it really care about design? And it struck me at that point that it wasn't that we didn't care about design, it's just that we didn't put those messages out there for the public. So I thought that in terms of amplifying what the chapter, my goals for the chapter and what other people had told me in terms of they thought that elevating design would be a really, you know, um, uh, laudable goal for our chapters to have that in tandem with the unprecedented public relations plan to promote architecture and design. AIA Atlanta members and AIA Atlanta landmarks. And in summary, if you see that, it was about um, putting out there for the public to know that AIA Atlanta is a design leader. There were more than just professionals that get together and have wine. There were more than just professionals that are just about the codes and the coats alone. But we really do care about buildings uh, of historic nature, of the future, of all type of spaces. And so you can see there um, the AIA Design of the Month was a piece of that unprecedented 
public relations campaign where we partnered with the Atlanta Business Chronicle for nearly two years about promoting design, excellence, existing buildings, and on a branding standpoint, you couldn't get too much better to actually have a piece called AIA Design. So I think that was something that, again, reinforcing those goals. To give you some idea about the results of this effort, so from October of 2014, basically when I was elected president to the end of my time, December of 2015, these was the results of, of that you know, uh, effort. Uh, we had 33 printed features and columns in printed papers and online features. We had 15 uh, and exclusively online because newspapers obviously can go online too, but these were just exclusive online publications. Uh, four magazine features, two radio features, and one television. So we were really, really um, I would say muscular about how AIA Atlanta, AIA Architects, Atlanta Landmarks, and Atlanta Projects, and Atlanta Issues were actually uh, promoted and um, you know, um, shared with the public. So you may ask, um, because a lot of times you hear the word PR, um, but obviously it stands for public relations. You know, what is public relations? What are the benefits of effective public relations for your chapter? You know, it's more than just um, an effort. It's an effort with certain um, goals in mind. And so um, to give you some idea of what I think of it are those amazing benefits for effective uh, public relations for your chapters, uh, first, I'll give you a definition. Um, is that, and I found this one to be really clear about it. I mean, it, is, it really is using the news or the business press. If we want to use a more euphemism, leveraging the, the news and the business press, but it's really using them to carry positive or interesting stories about your company or, in our case, our organization. Uh, it is also in terms of cultivating a good relationship with local press uh, representatives. Um, I do think of it as a, as a relationship um, and a good, positive, mutually beneficial relationship. So in terms of the benefits of using them, but also cultivating a, a friendly relationship, a good professional relationship with them, here are some benefits that I have seen uh, in that I believe. Three, you know, as an AI president, you definitely start thinking about, you know, the finances of our organization and, and to have free, you know, good stories, free interesting stories. Um, that is such a profound savings for our organization. Um, when I was on the AIA convention, I actually had some PR professionals that were interested in doing the PR work for our organization. And they were quoting me um, $25,000 that they thought their peers would want, that would be willing to pay uh, or willing to receive, I should say, from, from AIA Atlanta. And, you know, thanks, but no thanks. We can do it ourselves, um, at least for that convention year. And I strongly believe that AIA chapters 
you know, around the nation, uh, particularly small ones, they may not have a choice but to do it themselves, and they can do it for free. Another benefit is engaging the public about uh, our chapter, you know, when that question about what does AIA Atlanta stand for, or what does that AIA chapter stand for, you're putting those messages, some subtle and some more profound, about what our chapter, what our profession stands for, and also how we, what we believe about a certain agenda or an issue. Another benefit of effective public relations is that it reinforces chapter leadership on issues. It says that we're out there, that we're thinking about it, that we're trying to guide public opinion or educate the public about certain issues. And then finally, I would say that in terms of aligning with the AIA national initiatives to promote our profession, you may have seen about I look up and you know AIA and National has put a lot of time and effort to I look up and also recently there was news about the USA Today partnership with AIA National and so what we're doing that's what they are doing on a national we're bringing down and we're personalizing it and we're tailoring it to the needs and and the people of our chapter and our membership and our public so the question I have you know, with public relations is, do you have positive or interesting stories for the media to publish? You know, as I said, I think of this as a service to them. It's a mutually beneficial relationship. Think about it. Do you have positive or interesting stories for the media to publish? And do you, particularly if you are an AIA chapter president, or the current president, or a president-elect, do you have a campaign or an agenda for your chapter coming up? Um, and I would say even as a board member, I mean, is there something that resonates with you for your chapter this year or maybe the succeeding year? And do you think those goals would be enhanced with an effective public relations campaign? Um, so, I want to give you a little context about the media, the way I see it. Uh, and I love the framework of architecture, obviously, as an architect. This is an image of the Constitution Building in downtown Atlanta in 1890. And so, this really conveys, it expresses the media in the late 1800s. That was it. That was our, at the time, uh, the center of the media world in Atlanta. They did not have television. They didn't have radio. They had one newspaper, the Atlanta Constitution, and it was housed in this lovely building downtown. That was it. A great monopoly. Well, wow, things have definitely changed. Now we have a very fragmented uh, time with our media. There are, there's been really a change in terms of the local newspapers. A lot of newspapers locally had, you know, morning editions and evening editions, and now there's just one for a lot of metropolitan areas. But to supplement that loss of newspapers, you know, we now have the internet. 
Um, we also obviously have radio and magazines and television. And I think of that as such a great opportunity for AIA members in terms of providing content-driven media by us to them. In many cases, when it comes to newspapers in particular, um, I, I, uh, staffs have been cut. Um, and so they are more thin in terms of their ranks for stories. And so this is the opportunity for AIA members to fill those voids, small voids and small gaps. So I, I want to give you uh, an idea of the landscape for Atlanta, the landscape that I see, um, you know, collaborating with the media. What it, it's the landscape that I've worked on behalf of AIA Atlanta, first as um, the public, public awareness director from 2010 to 2011, and through my role as AIA president-elect, president, and past president. This is a landscape in terms of PR that I see in Atlanta. But when you look at it, I hope you find some inspiration for perhaps the media that you deal with because there are similarities whether you are in a metropolitan area of nearly 6 million or if you're in a metropolitan area of perhaps you know, 500,000. There are, I think, a lot of similarities in terms of some of the publications. So with newspaper, newspapers, um, we have the Atlanta Business Chronicle, um, and that's our business journal, our business paper. And when I think of the Business Chronicle, words that pop in my head are leadership, civic-minded, weekly. And if you look at that headline again to the left, our current president, Richard Kramer, it even has in the headlines, Kramer leads AIA Atlanta in 2017. They love showing, um, demonstrating their leadership, and they like to show, present leaders in whether it's business, civic affairs, nonprofits. So, you know, that's Atlanta Business Chronicle. The Atlanta Daily World, I didn't engage them in terms of the, uh, my initiatives, but I wanted to give you some idea about them. So the Atlanta Daily World, just like a lot of cities, you know, has an African-American newspaper that focuses on those stories and those projects and, and those businesses. And so that's an option as well. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution, um, our big metropolitan newspaper, frankly, I did not reach out to them. Uh, and I don't think it hurt us as an organization. Um, I just found that that uh, some of these other publications that I worked with were really more accessible. I think the Lab Journal Constitution are looking at really big, sexy um, stories and not necessarily about architecture. So I just didn't put the energy towards them. Uh, another newspaper. So you know, the ones I talked to can be thought of as the big ones, but I also uh, feel that you know the smaller neighborhood newspapers, smaller weeklies are definitely an option for you know AIA members that want to have that PR campaign or that media campaign. So we have Atlanta in town, 
it's I actually have the honor of writing quarterly for them, um, but they are a monthly community-minded, you know, sort of the human touch type of uh, publication. And so I showed this article to you so you could see the type of stories that they carry that I'm able to write that maybe not, I would say most publications aren't willing. To, you know, it was well received. It was about um, John Busby, uh, FAIA, as well as Stanley Daniels about their time in retirement. And um, I was so stunned. The editor told me he loved the article. And again, I don't think that's the type of article that could be in most publications. But you know, it's a personable, community-minded type of publication. Uh, I, in 2016, just last year, uh, I asked them as a favor, you know, hey, I've written so much and I think this is a great article. If you could just highlight the AIA Atlanta Design Awards. And I said that, you know, we'd, bring, we'd offer the text, get the pictures, and he said, sure. And so it was very nicely um, laid out in terms of, uh, and, and colorful. I think Atlanta and town, is, they really like color as well. Creative loafing, I think for a lot of uh, you know cities out there, mid-sized to big cities, you have your alternative weeklies. And I should also add that creative loafing um, type features, you can also think of them in terms of college communities. They tend to be sharp, provocative, political. And so in 2015, uh, I pitched an article, uh, a feature idea to them, uh, about African American landmarks, and um, they liked the idea, and uh, you know they accepted and worked, and I would say had a. You have your paper that focuses on, I would say, kind of the social part, you know, the gala, the the party, the you know neighborhood news, and this one is focused on North Side stakeholders. Um, so uh, that's a weekly, and it's definitely an, an option as well. Your your type of Northside neighbor, I'm sure it exists. And then to give you a, you know some more context about the Atlanta landscape, media landscape, magazines. So Atlanta Magazine, um, and you know there are counterparts. I'm from Jackson, Mississippi. There's the Jackson Magazine. I know there's the Savannah Magazine, and these are the glossy, beautiful, beautifully laid out, colorful, uh, civic-oriented publications. And so, um, this is an example of a feature that um, I pitched to them. Uh, it was amazingly. Um, received uh, from them. I first sent it to them as an email. I did my research and sort of found out who would be the best person to pitch it to and she liked the idea and you can see it came out very colorful, colorfully and beautifully. Uh, Atlanta Magazine also has their residential type of publication called Atlanta Home Magazine. And that really focuses on residential stories, although in this case right here they do accent some of their publications with, you know, landmarks in the city. That's a quarterly one, and it's very glossy, very design-oriented, 
and it's about residential stories, I would say, single family as well as multifamily. Um, also in terms of that landscape, um, beyond Metro Atlanta, now we're looking at the state and national Georgia Trend Magazine. I, I think of that as political as well as economic development focus. It's monthly. Um, I didn't pursue them, not I just didn't have the time. Um, but I would say that with Georgia Trend, you know, those are the type of stories where you're looking at state impact. I could see something in terms of, uh, you know, an article or a column about the SunTrust, the new SunTrust Park in Cobb County, or even something related to a, a big, important new convention center um, in a city. And so if your chapter has that type of big project, and you weave it into how it impacts, you know, the um, the state economy. You know, it's an option. Atlanta Magazine is, uh, sorry, Architect Magazine. That's our AIA uh, magazine that has a feature on AIA Architect. You can see in the middle AIA Architect, and that is a magazine that really I think of as promoting excellence in our profession. It's monthly. The threshold of getting in there is, is not easy, but uh, I was blessed in 2015 and 2012. Um, they accepted uh, my pitch for a program that I lead called AIA, I mean AIA Atlanta, but it's the Discover Architecture Program for Atlanta. And they did a really a, a delightful feature about the program and even featured a sketch. The two images you see on the right were columns that I felt so fortunate to write about in the Architect magazine. In the center was uh, such a dear, lovely architect, the late Cecil Alexander. So I wrote the AIA Voices, the profile of him, who was seen as a senior statesman about the issues of civil rights. And then to his right is uh, Raphael uh, Sperry, from San Francisco, and he was considered the younger counterpart to Cecil. So again, um, excellence in the profession. I would say a, a challenging threshold to, to reach them, and frankly, besides pitching them to the left, the right, those two stories, those columns, they actually approach me. So you know, you have to ask yourself, is it worth the time and effort and really balance pursuing it and reaching them and pitching to them it may you may find it easier to make that pitch to local and state um, publications, and then the internet. Um, you know that's definitely the nimble, flexible vehicle now for stories. AIA Architect, the AIA section of Architect Magazine, they actually have an online vehicle, the Supporter Report. I think of that as political and design and business and history. Um, and you know, when you have um, when you have stories that resonate in terms of the political piece, you may even find that Maria will report on it, which I think is fantastic. We've also, with AIA Atlanta, have been able to secure columns um, with her publication. Then I look at Curb Atlanta. That's I would say real estate development as well as architecture. And so 
it's definitely for those firms that have the development-driven projects. I think that's a strong option for, for AIA members. And Curb, the thing about Curb Atlanta, Curb is actually a national online, you know, publication. And so there are curbs around the country that people could really tap into and be a source for their reporters or even provide a feature. Um, the Architects newspaper was uh, someone that I was just so fortunate at the 2015 convention. I actually met the editor there and pitched to her about uh, the Atlanta Beltline design competition and she said, sure, send me the information. And so it was actually sent. And then WABE radio segments. You may not think about that in terms of your own chapter, but I would say pursue it. Uh, I had no connection to WABE whatsoever. Um, I found out, you know, an email address and sent a lively, I would say, colorful email expressing to them about the value of not just celebrating arts, but the fact that architecture is really, you know, fuses art as well as other disciplines. And I followed it up, was persistent in trying to figure out what her schedule was, and was able to actually talk with Lois Wright and gave her the pitch. She thought it was a great idea. And so we had two segments that were well received um, that celebrated AIA Atlanta architects. Um, this one um, was featuring uh, Croc Street Market and we had the developer as well as an AIA member and we walked around and we talked about the history and the current state of the project and was well received. Uh, and AIA Atlanta had a great branding opportunity there. Uh, the only thing about that issue, that uh, feature was that it was, I think, rather expensive for them and it was a little time consuming on my part as well and so I wasn't able to, to keep it. But um, the two segments that I did for the radio station, to me encourage, I would say, I would encourage others to in their own NPR um, arena to, to to ask them. There's nothing wrong with asking. So in terms of where I see in particular where PR really helped AIA Atlanta was this National Pavilion Design Competition because this was a competition that the goal was not just to excite um, local architects in the community and that was super important because that's how we were going to get buzz about the competition from our membership, from residents in Atlanta, from people like other journalists to get excited about it as well. But the fact that it was called national meant that I really needed to be able to, the AIA needed to be able to connect with AIA members beyond uh, the local chapter so that they could enter the competition. And so having outlets like the Architect newspaper um, and other features uh, about the competition helped to bring in national teams. 
Uh, we had a team from Puerto Rico, a team from New York, um, and uh, I want to say a few other outside of the state um, teams. And so PR definitely benefited it, and it benefited our partners as well. Um, the Beltline, they could be seen as someone that really were, in the case of the West Side Trail, that they were not just driven to have development on the more fluent sides of the of Atlanta, but also on the less populated parts of our city. Um, so it benefited them, it benefited the mayor and putting the buzz out there, put the positive stories about them in the city. So my question to you, again, if you look at the landscape of Atlanta, I hope it inspires you that perhaps though you have a comparable uh, landscape, do you have, instead of Atlanta Magazine, do you have an Augusta Magazine? I'm, I know there's a Savannah Magazine. Um, you know, do you have that alternative weekly that you can go in, uh, instead of creative loafing, you know, do you have your, your alternative weekly or your college newspaper that is your, your uh, outlet? In terms of the online, you know, are there blogs out there? Are there journalists that have their own e-newsletters that you can be a part of in terms of your, uh, your articles or features? So what are some strategies? Now that you see that landscape, you saw that I talked about publications as varied as the colorful Atlanta Magazine to the sharp creative loafing to the rich beauty and color of, say, Atlanta Magazine, I think I said that before, or, you know, the neighborhood feel of Atlanta in town. You know, what are the strategies to engage them? So I'm going to give an example. I, I talked about Atlanta, what took place with Atlanta, and I just want to give you some food for thought about how you could um, with your own chapter, so and I want to use a smaller chapter to show you that just in my initial look, you know, what are those options for a smaller chapter. So this is AIA Savannah and a beautiful, beautiful picture of the Jepson Center for the Arts. So what are those potential issues um, that, you know, you could highlight uh, or initiatives through columns or features? and so if you think about Savannah, when I, I think about Savannah, let me see, oops, let me go back. So with Savannah, you know, just think for a second about Savannah. It's a historical, a historical community, you know, deep in terms of architecture, historical architecture, and yet at the same time it has this story about revitalization. I'm sure there are always ongoing issues in terms of Historic preservation, you know, it's a, a place, Savannah, that is the home of SCAD, the Savannah College of, you know, Art and, and Design. Uh, and so think about, an, uh, you know, uh, your place, whether it's Savannah, in my case, what I'm talking about, or maybe your city, you know, maybe it's, you're here on this phone call and you're from Augusta or Columbus or from outside of the state. You know, what are those issues that you could highlight? So in the case of Savannah, just a sort of very initial 
look at Savannah, these are some of the things that I thought, wow, you know, if I was in Savannah, these were the things that I would try to hone in on. Stories like historic preservation or zoning issues, projects, um, whether they are new or proposed, civic affairs. When I'm talking about civic affairs, I'm talking about those political forums or someone that's in a forum involving your planning director or your uh, or an important um, politician. Historic architecture, obviously with uh, Savannah, that, that's a gimme. The AIA Savannah Design Awards, if you think about it in terms of celebrating good architecture or great architecture, to share that fantastic good news when I talked about free uh, with PR, sharing the great news to the, uh, the Savannah community about these projects. You know, those are potential stories. And then if there are AIA Savannah partnerships with institutions like SCAT, hey, I mean, I think those, if they're innovative and provocative, share that with uh, the public. And also uh, recently with FAIA uh, news coming out uh, in terms of uh, Jerry Coward, you know, that's an opportunity to, when you look at a, a newspaper like the Atlanta Business Chronicle. I'm sure Savannah had this own. Hey, share that good news. Tell that good news to the public about leadership. Remember I talked about Atlanta Business Chronicle as leaders, how they really love to show and celebrate leaders. Well, there you are. In Savannah, you've got a great leader to promote and to celebrate. So when I just did a really quick search of Savannah, you know, they'd have, instead of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, they have Savannah Morning News. Instead of uh, Creative Loafing, they have Connect Savannah. Instead of Atlanta Business Chronicle, they have, wow, Savannah Business Chronicle. They have the Savannah Magazine as their colorful, rich content, comp, uh, you know, comparable magazine to Atlanta Magazine. Savannah Tribune has an African-American focus. And then they have their own NPR station called WSNA. And then, of course, the Georgia Trend Magazine with the supports and if there are any other big projects that, have, that impact the state, you know, Georgia Trend, again, is at play. So when I think of these opportunities, you know, I, I think of it as aligning AIA sponsored columns and features to the most suitable media outlet. Um, and to put the caveat out there is that not everything that, you know, an AIA does on our programs will necessarily reach that threshold of being wanted by a media outlet, and that's no problem. We really are, uh, you know, about the business of advancing our profession. So not every program that we do or even initiative will warrant media coverage, and that's okay. But where I uh, would like, you know, people uh, that are participating in this webinar to know is that there are actually things that we can do, there are important things that we should do, and there are things that we can do that can add to uh, the uh, coverage and add to a media publication's um, you know, message. 
So here are some other strategies I would, I would or here are some strategies I would say in terms of working uh, with the media and implementing and executing effective public relations strategies. So, you know, first and foremost, you got to be sure that you coordinate your idea with the AIA executive director, your AIA executive director, and if there is a director of communications, um, they also should be a part of that conversation, but at least the ED. When it came to the campaign with AIA Atlanta over the roughly 14 months, um, I coordinated it with Milan Jordan, who was the uh, director of communications at the time. Uh, also, I would say in terms of strategy, which I think is you know not that I don't think uh, a hard threshold to reach, is to find that board member who actually enjoys writing and have them to write political uh, some opinion pieces representing the board of directors, I should say board of directors, um, on an on an issue. Um, and it could be the communications director for the uh, board of directors. You know, if it could be the AIA chapter president, that would be even, you know, even more fantastic because as an AIA chapter president, you have a platform. And I think that even when I dealt with the media and I really started to develop this relationship, I think the fact that I was AIA president really uh, helped me to make those pitches that I made on the phone or when I made them in person. So I would say, but again, that content-driven media can be from a board member who has that expertise, that passion, and that ability to write. Another strategy, which is super important, when I talked about aligning the media, aligning those columns with the appropriate outlet, you've got to look at the publication and see what kind of stories do they publish. Who is the editor? You know, what, what do they like? What is in his or her mind? What are they passionate about? And, you know, I've, over the years, have gotten a good sense of things that they like. So it makes my pitches easier because I know them professionally. Uh, also in terms of, you know, does the idea that you have in mind, does it really align and improve their content? I mentioned about alignment, but can it even improve it? Can it do something fresh and innovative to capture buzz or readership? I would say in the case of the Atlanta Magazine, that was definitely the case. I mean, it was something that was quite different. So they were interested in something different, and um, they were open to my ideas, and it worked really, really well for us. And another strategy, leveraging your passion and leveraging your skills and your knowledge. So you can see an image here from uh, Garfield Parrott, who was on the board with me, who had such a, a passion uh, about uh, environmental justice and about green building. And so, you know, he wrote about this issue in a way that not just any journalist would be able to write, and with the care and with the details um, that he provided. And so. Again, I think of it as a mutually beneficial relationship. 
that we're providing great content for them and that their readership gets insight about an issue that perhaps they wouldn't get from just any journalist. Another strategy, um, you know, if uh, you're going to solicit by email, you got to be sure you follow up with a strong, strong pitch by phone and brief. In both of the cases with WABE and with Atlanta Magazine, those were pitches first by email and exit, you know, finished by phone. And I knew them, I knew what they liked, and I thought I brought something really special and unique. But it was also coordinated with the AIA ED at the time. So if you receive that approval for a column or for a feature, here are some do's and don'ts that I would say that, uh, you know, through experience that I think would be helpful in terms of moving forward with those campaigns. Add beautiful historic images when permitted. Uh, that is so important. Um, it, it adds, I think, a depthness to the story and makes it less cold and more enticing for readers. So those images can be very important. Uh, in terms of paying respect for the architect, a lot of people are so caught up in the buildings, and that's something that I try to do with my columns, is also to respect the architect. And in this case, the column on the left was about an IMP building that was uh, dismantled in order to be a part of this new project, which is a very interesting addition to Atlanta. But I, I paid my homage to IMP, and what was so cool is that someone sent me a photo of him reading to the right in the image of him reading my article. So you never know in terms of who you can touch and who you can uh, inspire by, in, by paying respect to an architect. Uh, and so also in terms of keeping journalists in the loop, I, I can't say that enough. So you have, you achieve that goal of having that feature, or maybe your chapter has a great year in terms of how it engaged journalists. Don't just stop there, invite them for panel discussions. The Vision for Atlanta 2017 um, panel discussion this year will be moderated by Maria Supporter of the Supporter Report. Again, keeping them involved and excited about our organization. And so don't, I would say, don't dismiss the content requests. If the editor, and it's something that's very important to ask if you're doing a column, how many words? And don't go over too much. I mean, in the case of my, my columns, I really try to keep it 390 to 410. They ask for 400. Um, and especially if you're new to that publication, really stick to that narrow, uh, that narrow uh, count and also Treat deadlines with respect, just like you do with your clients. These are clients as well. So keep them, you know, at bay and pleased with your work by obliging by the content request. I say another thing is to don't take those features and those columns for granted. If you get one, email them and say thanks. I've got an image there of a thank you letter from a 21-year-old student from Georgia Tech that he was in one of my columns. I just mentioned him briefly. And he, he, he mailed me a letter, and I thought it was so, so beautiful and such a, such a gentleman. 
So uh, you never know that in terms of, again, those ongoing relationships, that a powerful, poignant email or a moving thank you letter, how that can continue that relationship. Another thing that I would say is don't rely on one media outlet or journalist for your outreach. Diversify your media. I can't say that enough. So in the case of, for me, uh, with Creative Loafing, I had a journalist and I still have a fantastic relationship with him. He's no longer with Creative Loafing. He's with another publication. So you just never know. Um, they mix around and then sometimes even with the journalists you have, they may have you know, ebbs and flows of their interests. So you just you want to diversify your, mis your media. And then I would say also in terms of with the media, you know, don't make too many asks. Don't make too many pitches. You just want to ask well. You want to know the publication, know your story well, know how it will benefit their publication, make a strong pitch, and, and do your best. Um, I've been fortunate over the years to I've say, you know, made some great pitches and had some great features. Um, but, you know, it's it's been mutually beneficial for our chapter in that, again, that idea, that question to go back from the start, you know, where do you stand? What do you believe? What if you, as an AIA leader, you know, what are you trying to advance in the public's eye? How are you engaging the public about what our profession and our, our landmarks and our initiatives are about? So um, Atlanta Executive Director and AIA Georgia Executive Director David Sutherland for being so kind and generous uh, to allow me to have um, to develop this webinar uh, and as well as Lynn Robinson for helping me through this process because again this is about advancing our profession and our organization in ways that uh, can really make us even more uh, even more respected than we are because AIA Atlanta as well as AIA I think is a respected organization and a highly respected organization but um, you know there are so many opportunities with the way the media is that we can advance what we're trying to do. So it looks like there's no more questions. Um, I have left my email address right here. So in the future, if you do have any questions for me, don't hesitate to contact me. Again, this is about helping our organization, our profession, and the issues that we care near and dear about. So thank you so much for joining me today and I look forward to seeing you at AI events in the future. Thanks.